0: Welcome back to Cake and Kombucha. Welcome to my early morning man voice. I mean, I was exaggerating a little bit, but my, you know, puberty hits in the morning and this is where my voice sits. Hi, I'm Kill H.E.A.Z.A. and this is Cake and Kombucha. Welcome. Come to podcast land with me. Midnight PM yeah, to midnight. <laughs> Okay, I had some tea, like one sip, and here we are. We're back to somewhat normal. Hi, my name is Kalechi. This is Cake and Kombucha. Welcome back. This is episode 58, y'all, so thank you for sticking with me all through this time. So it's been an interesting month, really. Uh, Last week, you did not hear from me. I really intended for you to, and then it didn't happen. I lied to myself. I told myself I was going to record an episode during tech, and I just wasn't. Because I was still learning my lines, which is not usually what happens during tech. But we had a very truncated rehearsal process. Opening was great. Had a wonderful birthday. My sister, who lives in Texas, flew out with her hubby, my bro-in-law. My friends came out. Mom flew out. So we had a good old time in Astoria <clears throat> where the show takes place. The show is called Jump. It is produced by Astoria Perfect Performing Arts Center. It is written, the playwright is Charlie Yvonne Simpson, a very fantastic writer, up and coming, well, award-winning already, and she's a black woman. Dir- director is Arpita Mukherjee. Fantastic director, fantastic director. Um, Pretty much like almost an all-female creative team, Uh, set design and and prop master were male but sound lights associate director all female very cool so if you buy tickets go to apac. well just google apac and jump apac because i don't remember if it's .org or .com but i want to remind you that astoria performing arts center is an organization that has plays all around astoria at different converted theater spaces pop-up venues So if you go to wherever Google Maps says APAC is, there will not be a play happening. Some of my loved ones did that. It's a very understandable mistake. So I'm just telling you now, that's not where it is. Don't rely on the Googly for that. We are actually 2821 Steinway in a converted mattress store. It's pretty awesome. I've never never really been in a non-conventional space. I've done readings in, like, studios and plays on stage oh no I did a play in a converted cathedral years ago that was really cool that was me hitting the mic with my hair I'm sorry so uh we have a lot to cover obviously since it's been two weeks so yeah let me just hop right on to it we're gonna start yeah we'll start with the Super Bowl because you know I know you need my take on that I was joking like making a joke about how i don't watch sports so when i said super bowl i meant the super bowl halftime show um first of all i really couldn't tell you who was playing i'm not one of those people that prides myself on being ignorant i think you know that i'm never one like i don't see for the people who are like you know when you're like real housewives or whatever. i have no idea what that is it's like really because like 50 years from now like there's going to be, like, treatises written about our media and our pop culture just the way there is about, like, Andy Warhol and shit. So I don't see it for that. And I've never seen it for the the actors who pretend they don't know what sports is at all or brag about it. But I really don't. And here I am bragging about it. So call me a hypocrite. Like, here's the thing. When you get really into one world, like, no one I was with for the whole month of January mentioned the Super Bowl once to me. So I didn't, I, you know, that's what happens when you're just not working a day job, not interacting. Like, I don't, I don't, I, I was very, very surprised, even though it probably happens the same time every year, right? Anyway, I do know that, okay, the only reason I know that one of the teams was Kansas City is because I know that the president of the United States thinks that Kansas City is in Kansas, um, the state, but it's really in Missouri. It's a really fun city i've actually been there it has a cute downtown this what do they call it the lights district it's it's got you know one of those downtowns that they revitalize and put effort into making it a fun spot for people to go to and um he tweeted that it was congratulations to the state of kansas because he's a dumbass and i'm not saying that it's not like the the like craziest mistake to make but usually The president of a country would be familiar with its states and major cities, and I think he was, like, at the Super Bowl or something, and secondly, usually when we tweet things and we have a 150 million uh, follower platform, we just make sure they're correct, so anyway. I know that that team is called the Kansas City Chiefs or Braves or something racist, and they kind of, like... Decided that they were just exempt from the all of the cultural appropriation conversations we're have, having these past few years. Maybe their team wasn't doing well, so they weren't in the spotlight like the baseball team with the horrible, uh, distorted, Native American, I don't know. It's like the Native American equivalent of blackface logo. Um, I mean, just remember that guy who published a t-shirt, created a t-shirt called like The Whites or something. And wore it around and people got really mad. So it seems like it's considered in poor taste to just have like a caricature of a race be a mascot. Because mascots are usually like animals or magical things that don't exist. Not people. And I guess the white people that were mad at him were able to notice that when it was them that was being made fun of. It's weird. I don't know. It's really weird how hard it is to... ourselves in other people's shoes unless it's directly affecting us. But anyway, this team, I just read a little bit about them. They have like cheerleaders riding horses, a horse called like war chest or wampum or it's a fucking mess. Okay? Get your fucking shit together. That's all I have to say about you. I'm not even here to talk about you. Don't care, don't know who won. All I really want to talk about is a halftime show. So first of all, to me, I thought it was the best halftime show I've ever seen. My mom really Loved it, but she said Bruno Mars was better. I don't know if I remember Bruno Mars that much. Bruno Mars is amazing; like he's an incredible performer. But for me, nothing is going to beat some fucking African dance and belly dancing in the same evening. It's just not okay. First of all, Shakira. I've been a huge fan of hers for years. Like her, a couple of her songs are on my workout rotation playlist since like college, like four years. Ojos, oh, I see. There's uh, Ojos, oh, I see. Like Neptune's remix. That's fierce. And then La Tortura is just, that's just that shit. You know when you know all the words of something, but you're not really sure what it means? It's that. That's how her songs are for me. So I love her. She's very talented. She's a virtuoso at a bunch of instruments. She's like five feet tall. I mean, short women, this is your role model right here. She's she's just, she's that bitch. Lo of course, is that bitch. She's been that bitch. The Halftime Show was amazing. Um, It started out with like African drums and some sort of Afro-Colombian dance. It really just looked like regular African dance to me. And I was just like, yo, this shit is about to be fire. I was not disappointed the whole time. She had a belly dancing segment. She came out and did a rope dance. She started out with the song She Wolf, which is such a weird, quirky song. And her lyricism is so good that she found a way to insert and rhyme with the word lycanthropy. If you don't know what this means, congratulations, you're not a dork. I definitely did without looking it up. That's just the type of childhood I had. It's, I read a lot of fantasy books. It is called, Lycanthropy is the study of people turning from humans to wolves. I mean, the, yes, the thing that doesn't happen. It isn't. But her song is like, there's a she-wolf in the closet. Oh, let her out so she can breathe. It's like, it's so cute. So she started out with that functified it. I love when people take their arrangements and funk it up. And then she had well, let's see, she did that. She did ojos asi. She did of course uh, whenever wherever. She did waka waka. She did um, what else? Um, she might have done some of Maybe one or two songs. I don't know. Um, then she J Lo came out. J Lo. First of all, the diversity of the dancers was just beautiful to me. Like, Shakira put all her, like, dark-skinned um, dancers, like, front and center. Everyone was, like, represented. Um, lo came out, and she was wearing this stunning outfit that was – it looked like it was sheer, but it was, like, full-body, like, mesh skin tone paneling with metallic, like, corseted accents. She couldn't move in that. I'm going to say it here – as someone who started and stopped and pressed press pause and watched it several times cuz I wanted to learn the choreography um sh- there was something going on i i think her i think she chose like sexiness over function like shakira wore mm, what did she have on she wore wedge boots which is like my secret for years for if you want to go dancing and um sneakers for her like change of clothes and j-lo was wearing stilettos but they had that um they had lace-ups which like you can't completely fall on your ass but i don't think her outfit allowed her to move i think the type of paneling you need to be held inside because it kind of she just was not able to fully body roll there was there was her movement was restricted and so it looked a little off to me but i think maybe other people wouldn't have noticed something like that so she still did her pole tricks was incredible like Holding your whole fucking body weight with your inner thighs? Dude. Insane. Her daughter came out and saying, little salsa dancing babies, uh, they were in cages, which I didn't notice at first. Um, I was just looking at their like form and their little like ballroom. It was just so cute. Um, but that was like a slap in the face, a purposeful message to Donald Trump. But she started out with like Jenny from she started from Jenny from the black. Yeah, they had just she had all these people in like hats and caps and like leather jackets and mean mugging. And I was like, I felt so rep- represented as a New Yorker. I felt represented as the Afro Latina. I'm not Afro Latina. Um, I just, it was so great. I loved it. I fucking loved it. Um, It was great. It was really great. Just high energy. So sexy. It's <clears throat> so let's talk about the, <laughs> let me drink some of my tea. Guys, show was killing me. Okay. Let me talk about the um the after shock. So, of course, there's all these moments where you just realize, as a minority, as an artist, as a woman, and by minority, I mean I don't let me not be vague. As a black woman, as an African woman, all these intersections. Someone who lived in you know, around Spanish-speaking people for, like, 10 years of her life um in Harlem. Like, you just realize, am I sheltered or am I the one who has exposure? Like, I am sometimes not quite able to predict how racist people are going to be. So I don't think of the Super Bowl as, like, a 4th of July celebration. I think of it as a sport because it's entertainment. I really like to push – how much sports like don't really have to matter to a lot of people because it seems like it seems like y'all want me to act like sports are church and i went through this with the lizzo thing and i went with the lizzo at the staples center it just seems like there's this reverence that people and it could be the majority of americans i don't really care i'm still willing to fight about it like you're not going to tell me that this isn't entertainment but then cut performing arts from school you're not going to do that okay so if my profession is entertainment, your profession is entertainment. And being that it's entertainment and not some sort of, like, fascist political rally, I wouldn't really think it mattered if the performers were not American-born citizens, which clearly JLo lo is, but um, Shakiria is not. So I do realize sometimes I'm saying her accent. and Sometimes I'm trying to pronounce it the Spanish way, and sometimes I'm not. And I also realize her name is um, Lebanese. So just... Um, just... Mind your business, I guess is what I have to say to that because I like saying Shakira, okay? Anyway, uh, I was just not prepared for people to, to go on the internet and see people being like, why were they speaking in Mexican the whole time? Now, obviously, they were speaking in Spanish and not the whole time. Obviously, like, a huge, huge, huge number of people in this country speak Spanish, so to me, that makes sense. Also, I don't care. Shakira is one of the most successful recording artist of all time like she's just one of the most famous I mean and we don't really realize that from our American standpoint because she came to us after she was already famous around the world and in Latin America but she's a huge huge star so it's like you got one of the biggest stars in the world to do your halftime show mission accomplished J-Lo same and she's from New York so I was just confused like I just didn't know we just hated other languages I just I mean I did but I didn't like to me, when I watched the halftime show, I was like, wow, everything great about America has come from immigrants, which is like an obvious statement since it's a country of immigrants, but it's also just like spices, drums, anything of interest, a person of color brought those. And there's nothing more realistically American than celebrating, hey, we're fun. We're a fun, diverse place because of these influences, and this is what we have to offer you. I mean- I could think of some other countries to rag on right now, but like, I think it's, I'm. it's cool to be from a place that's not like cultural, culturally monolithic, right? Like that's, we, you know, people look different. They have different things to offer and languages, whatever, food, you know, you know what I'm saying? I think that's cool. People on the internet didn't. They're racist. That's fine. That's not surprising. It's just Disappointing. I was a little surprised by the people that complained that the halftime show was not with God. And it was inappropriate. It wasn't family friendly. Um, It was too racy. There was too much skin showing. Americans are so fucking weird. We're like obsessed with sex. And yet we hate it. And we also hate women a lot. And it's really weird. And I... Like people were mad that Jennifer Lopez was on the pole. Like what kind of rock have you been living under? Did you not think she was going to have a pole there? She wanted to stick it to the people who didn't nominate her for the Oscar nomination that she deserved. And she has learned a new skill that I like I said involves holding up your entire body weight with your thighs. It's pretty amazing and it's a stunt. Like, there's no way she wasn't going to do a stunt like that. And I'm really sick of people supporting sex workers and strippers and stigmatizing them at the same time. If you have such a huge problem with strippers, make sure no one you associate with, not you, not your husband, not your boyfriend, anyone patronizes them anymore, and then that entertainment art form will die out. But I don't want to hear this shit. I don't want to hear that there are two types of categories of women that you can go pay to get your rocks off from, but you then you can talk shit about what they do and hate it, even if it's really athletic and beautiful to watch, and talk about it like they're beneath you. You're beneath them. They're doing their job. What are you doing? Okay, shut up. So that shit gets on my nerves. And people just went off. They were going crazy on the internet. Um, of course, many of the people losing their minds was were white women or very religious women or the intersection of both. And I just want to remind everyone that Adam Levine last year had no talent to offer except standing there with his buttons like below that like pelvic bone thingy that we used to call it the happy trail when there was hair. That was when we were in high school and perverted. But like, yeah, he just is dry rating and no one had a problem with that. Like these women were actually dancing, wearing mesh body coverings covering all of their private parts and wearing more in some cases than the Dallas cheerleaders and other people who I actually resent way more because they're not they those cheerleaders haven't earned their nudity they're just the routines are bad they're they have no soul they're just they're just naked at least these women were working up a sweat okay so people want to talk about how it's not family-friendly. First of all, I don't think it's family-friendly to have men, you know, busting each other in the head and getting encephalitis. I actually don't. I think CTE is not family-friendly. I think it destroys families and causes uh, murder-suicides. So that's not family-friendly if you want to talk about what's not family-friendly. But to just, like, resent that certain cultures shake their butts because your butts are attached to your body and move have movement- movement like lineages movement you know ways of moving that you don't because you're stiff and boring is so corny to me just like go sit down somewhere and shut up so that's what I mean is like when I I look at something and I see dancing and of course they're sexy and yes Shakira is sexy and makes sexy faces because she's a pop star but I look at I see dancing I see celebration and you're over here mad in a corner it's fucking like gross I just was disappointed and I also just, like, have never been so excited about getting older. Shakira's 43. J-Lo's 50. Like, women decades older. Killing it in the game. And now that I'm surprised, because I never thought you, like, you know, dissolve, like, a vampire that's been, like, speared. I didn't think you, like, turned to dust when you turned 50 or 43 or 45. But it just was, like, wow, like, look at the fulsome womanhood blossoming, like, Maybe when I get to be 43, I'll have, I'll know like three instruments more and several, you know, cultural, more cultural practices of dance than I do. Like, it was just like, oh, cool. You get to be older. You get to be a virtuoso and you're fucking fine. I also heard some angry internet shade about like, oh, well, you know, they only look good because they have all this money. I'm like, sure. Do they have the best face creams? Sure. But like, they're also, you know, mixed race. They're Latinas. They have Indian in them indigenous they're lebanese they're african they're spanish um they're they have a lot of different opportunities to collect melanin in their dna and i don't expect their faces to like melt at like 40 that's just not an expectation that i have for myself i don't i think we should reject that like we can work out and go to the gym and drink water and also they're dancers so they're if you keep dancing your whole life you're going to maintain a certain Physique, like I've been at physical therapy with like little seventy five year old, you know, old white ladies from the Upper West Side. You should come with her uh, leotard on to physical therapy, and she was so adorable and so fit, and she coming to get those tune ups so she could keep doing what she was doing, toot it and reboot it. So let's just not set these limits for ourselves. Um, I would say let's stop being racist, but I know none of you guys are a part of that crew. I just wanted to say that. America, like, you disappoint me sometimes. Speaking of America being disappointing, welcome to this new fascist regime that we live in. It really became, I mean, overnight. Okay, so I haven't been with you for two weeks, so obviously I'm talking about crumping um, being acquitted of all, both impeachment charges, which we knew was going to happen. We did. Uh, Mitt Romney and was it one other Republican voted to have him removed from office? It wasn't enough. And Mitt Romney, it's an interesting case. I read some people be like, he's a billionaire. Don't congratulate him. I'm like, I don't know. I think a lot of these people are rich. And certainly a lot of them know that they would never be destitute. They'd never be like not able to have a consultant job. But, you know, political consultancy, what have you. However, as kooky as Mormonism is, and welcome to the show. I don't know if this is your first time listening, but I don't I don't respect religions just because they're religions. Like, some religions are weird and damaging to women and racist, and didn't you still have Black people be allowed as members like Mormonism? So, like in 1979. Um, so, yeah, I think Mormonism is nuts. Like, look it up, R- read a lot about it. It's crazy. That's why people escape and run away. But, at the same time, and I'm not, but I'm, that doesn't mean that like lots of Mormons aren't nice people. But it's just you know. But what I'm saying is like I wonder if his faith, like I wonder if very clearly believing in something that is God, that is not Donald Trump, that is is um, I wonder if that helped him to be able to like part from the crowd and make that vote when all his colleagues on the right did not. And do those other people that he works with claim to be Christian? Sure. But they don't. I'm going to say they're not. Like, because you're lying through your teeth. And I say this as a, I still can't lie. And I don't practice Catholicism anymore. I, those things stay with you. If you have, if you listen to any of it and like absorbed any little bit of shame and fear and like fear of hellfire, like certain things are difficult for you to do. So I was raised Catholic and I'm a very anal type person in some ways and I just took things really literally and I obsess over them so I don't there's shit that I just still like don't even can't really do it's not in me like I'm not a good liar good actress not a good liar different things I know guys in dating sites how can I tell you ain't acting right now I am because if I wasn't I would have deleted this conversation a long time ago anyway tangent so yeah I, you know, they lied through their teeth. They, they show no, they just demonstrated an utter lack of morals that I refuse to say is, let me put it this way. If you try really hard to be a good Christian, I feel like there's some things you just won't do. And unfortunately that could include being really hateful towards certain other demographics, but I don't think it, like, you know, gay people or whatever, but I don't think any version of Christianity includes just straight up lying for, on behalf of a dictator. So, I'm gonna say that he Mitt Romney practices whatever he practices like with a more purpose, and it kind of makes sense because you have to be more intense and connected to when you when you have a fringe religion that's kind of cult like and regarded as zany by a lot of people. You got to go full throttle. You got to really be in it. Got to be dedicated because it takes fortitude to to go against the grain to do something that not a lot of other people are doing even though I guess if you grew up in Utah like and that's your world you actually don't know that a lot of people other people aren't doing it but um my point is just that I, that was my theory i was just wondering like what what is it in him that allowed him to clearly do something that because it would seem that trump has like a knife to the neck of everybody else like what does he have on the other people can mitt romney really be the only person that thinks his career would survive or thinks he has the creativity, the stamina, the aptitude to, like, find another thing to do to restart, you know, if Trump decided to ruin him. Because I'm going to say, you know, not to put my uh, people that I love on a pedestal like my my late father, but I, I don't know whether it means that he's an exceptional person or he's not. Like, I have known people that had to make, like I've said before, I had to make very tough decisions that were going to change the course of their careers possibly when they said – no to powerful people who are influencing them to do bad things. I think we all have known that. And so, does that mean that it's easier to do than we think or more rare? I I I'm going to say that it's a little bit more common to have some sort of a moral compass than these GOP senators have shown. Like I actually find it unusual to be that uniformly completely spineless, uh unmoored, rudderless just sail into the arms of like a orange Cheeto Satan person the way they did. But anyway, so yes, he was acquitted on both counts. He went on to have a horrifying State of the Union speech the day, was it the day after my birthday that he tried to ruin or was it the day before? I think it was the day after my birthday, the 8th, or the 7th rather. Um, It was full of lies. Like, it was just not true. There, most of it was a lie. He lied about how great the economy is. He lied about unemployment rates and that this is the best the economy has ever been he just made up things up but he's been doing that since the beginning i think we forget things like when he said that more people turned out for the his inauguration than ever before it's you know i think we've started to to come up you know to start to call these things as exaggerations just so that our brain can handle it better but it's not an exaggeration it's a complete Bold face lie. When you lie about things that are statistically able to be proven and you just throw out your own statistic, I mean, so when you take things that are able to be statistically proven, numbers that people have collected, and you make up your own, that's not an exaggeration, that's a lie. So he lied a lot. Then he talked about how bad people the people were who tried to get him impeached, which is like, again, I don't even know what kind of South American dictatorship we're living in. Like, you you really getting up there and just calling people who went through a democratic process that you brought about by your behavior and calling them bad people. Like, that is not safe. That is threatening. He Oh, he also, in other speeches, um, w- st- talked openly about Mitt Romney, slandered him, and said, oh, now he cares about religion. He didn't mention it before. It's like, bitch, you mention it, and you don't practice one whit of it. So, like, I don't... Anyway. Okay, so too. Hashtag so too. Okay, so he refused to shake Nancy Pelosi's hand at the beginning of the speech. Then she... He hands her a copy of the speech, which is custom, and she ripped it up. It was hilarious. She's so hilariously petty, and we're going to get to that. Put a pin in that. So just to get re- through the rest of the speech... Oh. So he just, the first half was like lies and celebration about him not getting impeached. Well, not getting removed from office. He was obviously impeached, as Nancy reminds us so helpfully. He is impeached for life. But then the second half turned into the same bullshit about how illegal aliens are going to kill you. But he's now calling them criminal aliens. He was killed, uh, killed at a stoplight by a criminal alien. And then, can I ask you a question? Are you less dead if if someone who doesn't have their citizenship papers kills you? Is that really where the mind goes? Well, my son was hit by a drunk driver, but I really wish that drunk driver was a citizen because then, then what? I don't get it. Um, it's racist. It's bullshit it's preposterous I met a cab driver the other day who's like I work for Donald Trump for it was so funny his Spanish accent was so thick I could not understand him that well but then he launched into a perfect imitation of Donald Trump which just makes you wonder like about accents and acting and like what if he had found someone who wasn't Donald Trump to imitate who then he could have like had a perfect accent America, he could have had a perfect English accent by choosing someone to like model himself after. That's a tangent. As, as an actor that's sometimes when I have to do an accent I can't just like, I can't like make it up. I have to like pick a person. But anyway um, he launched this perfect Donald Trump impersonation and he told me like, I worked for Donald Trump for 20 years in real estate and Donald Trump would tell us uh, you know the difference between me and you? Why I'm rich and you're not? Because I'm smart. No bitch, you're rich because your father gave you a million dollars to start with. Okay? I don't and this guy, the cab driver was like, but Donald Trump is a good businessman. I'm like, sir, no, he's not. Pick a role model that hasn't declared bankruptcy a bunch of times. Like there are people that didn't have help starting out and don't fail a lot. Pick one of them, but we'll get to imperfect role models later. So anyway, I was going to say that Donald Trump is full of shit. He hires mostly immigrants. He doesn't pay them. Like this is how his buildings are built. And now he's doing this whole criminal alien thing. It was horrifying to watch. Um, people were also cheering four more years, which is completely not unprofessional in that setting. Then he went through like bringing a bunch of black people out and parading them around, which again I don't know who this is for. I have to surmise it's for white people to feel better about their choices because they're under the delusion that, like. They can tell them, I guess they can tell themselves that Donald Trump isn't racist without actually talking to any black people to see how they feel about it because of these displays. Because I know it's not for black people because we don't like you and we're not dumb. Like, we're not moved. So there was this little girl he brought out this little black girl, and she had some issue where she couldn't go to the school that she wanted. And so he got her a scholarship to a charter school. And he said, no one should be forced to go to a bad government school. I would like to put a pin in that because... You are the head of the government. Why do we have bad schools at all? I just... For, and for all the moderates and Pete Buttigieg voters and blah, 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 like, that's what you sound like to me. You sound crazy when you don't want to reform a system, but you want to give people money so they can navigate their way through a system you just admitted is really bad for everybody else. It's fucking weird. Fix shit build the foundation of the house correctly do things right the first time i don't understand this it was so such an odd thing and then people started clapping and i was like did anyone hear what he just said that most schools suck so you gave one black girl a scholarship so she can go somewhere else is that a solution okay so then he randomly brought out a tuskegee airman the oldest living one uh i had a moment I thought something uncharitable, but my grandfather is a Tuskegee airman who's no longer with us and he would never go to a Trump rally. So yeah, I'm going to leave that at that. This man, um, had this very, very, uh, light-skinned grandson, great-grandson, I guess, who wanted to go to space force exploration program that Trump created and It would seem to me that the Tuskegee Airman has, I guess his family has only married, intermarried with white people for the past couple generations. And that's how they ended up at a Trump rally because I was confused by a lot of it. Um, But in any case. uh, Yeah, so they were there and I wasn't really sure how your experiences as a Tuskegee Airman brought you here today to work for a racist president who calls African country shitholes. But um, anyway, you would think that that person would be the one to maybe get a Medal of Honor, but instead he then he gave a Medal of Honor to Rush Limbaugh. So I don't have anything else to say about that. Uh, so let me just jump you to the events of the past couple weeks. So after that, we don't live in a democracy anymore, guys. Um, he's, Donald Trump started firing all the people that testified against him I wouldn't even say against him that just testified as to things that had happened because they still all hedge their words very carefully that testified during the pre-impeachment trials. Colonel Vinman, who again, when they complain about kneeling and make you feel like they really care about the military, they don't. This dude is in the military. They made fun of him for wearing his uniform to the the hearings earlier in the summer. They dragged this man and then they fired him. And Trump said, because they're insubordinate. You can't even do that at like the Cheesecake Factory. I mean, you can't fire people because you don't like them. You can't fire people because they made a sexual harassment claim against you. You can't do retaliatory firing of people in regular employment law. I... And he, he also fired this guy's brother. I'm like, wow, we're just dictatorship 101. Like, let a whole family know that they're fucked, you know? So he's doing that. And so then Roger Stone, his friend, his Roger Stone was found guilty of witness uh, tampering and lying to Congress during the Mueller investigation. It didn't take a long time. It wasn't confusing. It was very blatant. The jury was like, yeah, you clearly did that shit. So he was, uh, his suggested... Time in jail uh, suggested sentencing was seven to nine years. And Donald Trump intervened. So this is where we are. So before, I don't even know if this means Donald Trump is growing more morals or less. Because before he'd let all his friends go to jail and he wouldn't say anything, he'd be like, I don't know her. Mariah Carey, I don't know her. Now that he's emboldened by not having been removed from office, after everyone knows all of the inappropriate things he did by listening to it through the course of the impeachment... He's just going to get his friends off now. So he intervened. He had the Attorney General of the United States intervene in the sentencing. The prosecutorial team of four people, uh, the prosecutorial team against Roger Stone quit as a protest. They quit. They said, if we do our job and get a guilty verdict for this criminal and suggest sentencing, or who I don't remember, I don't always know who suggests sentencing the judge. It's, it's, it's not the, I don't know. Sometimes it's a jury, I think. Um, But anyway, we do all that shit and it can be overturned. What are we doing here? I might as well be a box of raisins, eat me, sprinkle me on your oatmeal. I'm useless. I don't like raisins that much. So they, they quit. And then Trump takes that and goes on Twitter and says, who are these people that just cut and run? I mean, The just absolute flouting of all decorum, justice, morals, legality. It started. It started. I don't know if I can emphasize to you how shocked I am that he was able to fire the people, though, who testified against him and said things he didn't like. I didn't. I didn't. It's really scary. And I am using humor to discuss it, but it's terrifying. So. That's pretty much where we are. We're caught up to today. uh, With the Democrats' side, Iowa caucus was a fucking mess. The votes, I still think, were never fully counted because some app they use malfunctioned, which is just like, guys, get your shit together. Um, But Pete Buttigieg, I think, and Bernie Sanders were like, Pete Buttigieg might have won by like one point for that or so. But Bernie Sanders won a few points above him, very slight lead. In New Hampshire, which was just ended up, ended yesterday. But Buttigieg has more candidates, uh, sorry, more delegates now. That's where we are. Elizabeth Warren is not doing well. It's really sad. Amy Klobuchar is in third. She's doing really well in the Midwest, like she promised us she would. Like, I told you how I feel about moderates. Like, I just don't get how you, as a whole government entity, you want to run the government and, like, make up little programs and shit to, you know, assuage things that's fucked up instead of just changing the thing. So I don't have time for any of that, but obviously I will vote for whoever's blue. And Andrew Yang dropped out, which is really sad. I want to see how he can become some sort of policymaker in the government because he had great ideas, and hope that's not the last we hear from him. So to leave you with a gem of positive news, my sister Chinere AZA, you probably remember her from one of our earlier podcast episodes where she came on to discuss how she went viral. Uh, she saw blackface figurines that Prada, for some reason, decided to create and sell and put in their the window of their Soho store. And she had just made a Facebook post. It so quickly went viral. She was invited to a bunch of... Uh, uh, news programs but being that she is a lawyer a civil rights lawyer the back end to that is that she's been working with Prada since that was last November I think so now here we are and they have reached a historic settlement so I'll just read to you from the news uh clipping so that I get it right um let's see do 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 Prada has now agreed to launch a scholarship program and an internship program for minority designers and will also train all of its employees, including the brand's founder. The New York City Commission on Human Rights announced the settlement Wednesday following the national outcry, which was from my sisters who started it, over the display and sale of its Prada Malia merchandise in December 2018. Uh, the commission immediately issued a cease and desist letter and launched an investigation of the company over the monkey figurine from the collection that evoked images of Sambo, a caricature that over generations has been used to mock and dehumanize black people. So Prada, uh, the settlement requires that Prada invest in restorative justice efforts to combat anti-black racism and promote diversity and inclusion in Prada's business activities, advertising, and products. Prada will... Ensure that New York City employees and Milan executives receive racial equity training. Booyah, Kasha! Develop a scholarship program for people historically underrepresented in fashion. Within 90 days, present the commission with a CV of candidates for a senior director-level diversity and inclusion officer who will review Prada's advertising and products sold in the United States, as well as review and monitor Prada's anti-discrimination policies. Maintain Prada's diversity and inclusion council, launched by Prada in February of 2019 with a minimum of three to five members for a period of at least six years with regular reporting by Prada on the council's progress to the commission, et cetera, et cetera, consult with Dr. Joyce Brown, president of the Fashion Institute of Technology, who sits on the Diversity and Inclusion Council. Additionally, the settlement requires all Prada's New York City employees to undergo New York human rights law training by a licensed attorney, with substantial knowledge of anti-discrimination training. So this is awesome. I mean, a company saw, you know, was brought to a company's attention that they were being shitty. And these changes are implemented that are big changes that are going to influence the culture of the companies. Um, You won't have situations like black employees sitting there trying to sell blackface figurines to people and being confused like my sister came in to the store this is before she had taken it up in any legal way and was like what's going on here like y'all okay with this and they were like no but people need to work you know and these are the annoying uncomfortable situations that black people find themselves in day in day out so cut to the internet so because there's so much press coverage my sister is now getting weird emails from people like one email said You are what's wrong with America today. This is a thing that white people and like white friends, you know, I'm not talking about you, but like white racist people, you know, I read a lot of internet comments, y'all and I shouldn't. It's a thing. This is a very, I had to explain to her, this is like a normal line of thinking. Like the idea that racism is caused by black people complaining about racism is now a pretty much commonplace accepted belief by many people. So I had to tell her that email's not weird. It's actually pretty normal. And unfortunately, the person who sent it to you probably thinks they're making sense and within their rights to say some dumb shit like that. So that was that. Um, boop, boop, boop. What are there Oh, some messages on Facebook. I just dragged someone for filth because they were trying to come at my high school best friends and my um, sister and saying that like on Facebook and saying you guys are fascist for just shutting down people who do things you don't like again is Prada closed did I forget to read you the line in which it said Prada will be shutting down all of its stores no I didn't they saw an area in which they would fucked up and they negotiated and this is what they agreed with They could have said they didn't want to do anything. It's not a law, but they they didn't because they're not dumb, as dumb as apparently some of the people on the Internet still defending them. So I'm really trying to understand why people think that freedom of speech or whatever means say whatever you want and no one can have a reaction to it. Freedom of speech is you put out nigger trinkets. I say, hey, I don't like nigger trinkets. They make me uncomfortable. I'm a consumer and I can be loud and complain about this. And you decide, hey, I have a business I would like to thrive that black people buy from, you know, black celebrities, support, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe I just won't look. And maybe it's just better to not look like an asshole because who knows what kind of consumers I have have black friends. They might even have a black gardener that they don't want to offend. You never know. I, I don't understand why, like, people's instinct is to defend these companies and giant corporations when someone protests something. Not one single fucking person lost their job. More jobs are being created, actually. So I don't, whatever. And then there's someone else online criticizing the type of wealthy, fancy institutions my sister works for, like the Center for Constitutional Rights currently, which I don't even know what I should say about. I, let's just say they don't have LaQua in their refrigerator stock there, okay? They don't not a startup office space and it looks like an amnesty international meeting place that's what i will say if i have to take this part out i will but um it's like pretty much the opposite of fancy i don't i've never been to an office that was less fancy that's all i can say um before that the eeoc which is like a government organization it's not i mean so she's worked for uh, Cleary Godley, which is a fancy law firm, yes, and they have really amazing happy hour, which I'm so thankful that I was able to be a part of for so many years. But here's what I want to say. If you as a if you think that black people in an effort to combat injustice, as we see it, or whatever we decide bothers us that fucking day, don't have the right to go to an Ivy League law school, get a law degree, get the privileges and the position ourselves in an area where we have a voice that might make an impact like all of our you know for supreme court justices presidents of the united states do everyone else does then please fuck yourself for you to sit here and try to tell a black person that for you to believe that they have the right to complain about whatever they feel microaggressed by macroaggressed by medium aggressed by they have to go like wear burlap sack and 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 go, you know, live out on the streets or something, or they haven't really struggled. Please just stop tying yourself up into knots to be an idiot. It's not attractive. So that's basically what I told this person, but in like a lot, it was not it was probably meaner than that. And I don't know what they said because I had to go to bed. And I was like, all right, that's it for me. Have a bad night. Keep me off the internet, everyone. It's really not healthy. I deleted the Facebook app off my phone because it's just not Like, you shouldn't just be cussing out strangers all the time, I know. But sometimes I feel like if I don't tell them, who's going to tell them? Because you woke up and felt like you really were making a point today. And that's sad, because you're not. Okay. Anyway, this has been great. Congratulations to Chinure. And it's very cool, like, to think that Mucha Prada, the founder, is going to get the same kind of training so that she can no longer, you know, so that people don't have racist ideas pop into their head and think that they invented them. Like, oh, I just today I decided to make this little figurine that looks like a Sambo. But no, this all came from my imagination. Except we have the other figurines are like robots and a giraffe. And the one that looks like a black person is a monkey. So they didn't really come from our imagination because they're animals. So they're not fantastical creatures. Just stop, t- you know, my point is like, people need to stop tying themselves up into knots to be just just admit that you fucked up admit that you fucked up everyone's racist everyone has influences um that are racist whether you knew where they came from or they didn't or you didn't now you know because someone else made you aware and you don't have to do it anymore that's just growth So it's the time has come to discuss this Gail King Wahala. I think you've heard me say that word before. It's, it, it's a word of say Nigeria for hot mess. Um, I gave my thoughts about the Kobe Bryant thing. I guess I was early because uh, like I said two weeks ago I was really sad. I was really disturbed. It was really horrible to hear of someone so young dying that way. When I found out his daughter was in the In the helicopter, I was devastated. And I'm, like, an actor. I'm empathetic. I I am an empath, even if I wasn't an actor. So, like, thinking about what Vanessa Bryant was going through, thinking about what it's like to lose a child, it's just so horrible. It's just so horrible. And then I, it was just really sad. However, I was just confused. I was just confused. I really was. I felt like I was the only person that remembered his rape, allegations I feel like I I felt like I was I just didn't know that no one cared I felt like no one cared and um, it was a confusing moment for me because I don't like I said I don't follow sports so I was having to reconcile with a lot of different things I didn't know how important he still was to basketball and I had a friend explain it to me a black male friend explained that like he was kind of this like really talented kid at school that didn't have to study when he was a basketball player and people were enjoying seeing him retired and be a dad and seem to be like happier and in a better mood and stuff like that. And um, that all made sense to me. I get it. And I know that he had done a lot of good stuff for the WNBA, done stuff for, um, you know, he was coaching his girls basketball and things like that. So Yeah. But I do remember following the rape case when I was a younger, much, much younger woman, a teenager, and um, I care about stuff like that a lot, you know? I am, like many women, have a victim of sexual assault. I... Before I was a victim of a sexual assault was just a victim of, of, of sexual harassment by teachers. Even when I was as young as like twelve years old, I was dealing with trying to understand like why did that person put their touch me in that way? Why does the person who's supposed to be a male authority figure at school like this is uncomfortable? I don't like this. And all the ways in which you're made to feel bad about yourself as a woman and think things are your fault. So these are things that we deal with every day as women. And I'm very sensitive to victim bashing you know and so to go on the internet after these uh, you know these allegations are being discussed again and see people say things I saw one person who's a friend of a Facebook friend call the victim a cum dumpster yeah I saw someone else say like well who knows who she had all these people semen inside of her yeah including Kobe Bryant's what the fuck like I'm really I just help me understand like if I have sex with who I want to does that mean that I agree to have sex with everyone else I don't want to. I just don't get the logic here. Like I know you think women are slutty. I know you think women shouldn't really enjoy sex even though you want to have sex with us but like we're supposed to hate it or else we're slutty or something like that. But help me understand just from a very like logical like yes means yes, no means no perspective. If someone had sex with her boyfriend or someone she chose to, does that mean that she agrees to have sex with any celebrity. It really, that part really bothers me because the victim, her story sounded like a story that a lot of us women go through. Like, sometimes you just want to make out with someone. I was a make bandit when I was a virgin. Like, I, that does, doesn't mean I'm going to fuck you. And I, I just remember myself, like, I could totally see myself making out with a celebrity and then deciding, eh, this, you know... This eggplant has probably been around the block. It's probably been in about a bunch of Parmesanas. I'm not gonna do that because I also have like a disease paranoia. I just like, I have always think I'm gonna get a, get pregnant. I don't want to get pregnant. I don't want to get STD. I have OCD, so like I just I'm like no. I let's just make out. It's safer. And then I and then I go home because that's me. That's what I fucking wanted to do. And it was hard when you get to be an adult because you start to realize that men think they're owed sex all the time. Like they don't really see these gradations in making decisions. And so I'm not saying that like I try to – whatever. I was going to say something that sounded like – whatever. Even if I wanted to go like make out with someone naked and say no, I don't want to have sex with you. No means no. I don't want to have sex with you. I'm not having sex with you. I'm not doing it. And so everyone should know that they can change their mind midway. You can can do whatever you want to do. I'm not going to get up here and make platitudes about how women need to take better care of themselves and make better choices. Because you know what? I think we make really good choices and take care of ourselves well. I don't think that most women are some of the most careful, paranoid people on the planet because we live in fear of being attacked by the other half of the species that is bigger than us. So I don't think that the fact that women get raped or get raped on dates and date rape is at an all-time high and stuff like that means that there's something that women aren't doing to protect themselves. I actually think it means that certain men are really predatory and they should stop. And I'm not sure why isn't it, why it isn't looked at that way. I don't know a lot of girls that just leave their drink out and walk run around. I don't know a lot of girls, I know we walk home clutching our purse. We walk home with our keys out. We have rituals that are just so ingrained in us that we do to keep ourselves safe that men wouldn't even it wouldn't even occur to them. So When I hear about a date rape or something like that or acquaintance rape and I focus on this because these are types of rapes that make people like lose their fucking minds when they really they shouldn't because like if you look at child molestation and things like that, that happens where? Inside the home, often with a relative. So yes, people who abuse you are usually people that know you but for some reason, everyone thinks it's only rape if like it's someone in a Batman suit in an alley that grabs you. And I, so for the, for me focusing on like acquaintance rape and date rape, I just want to say that when I hear about them, no, I don't immediately think, oh, well, what could that girl have done to prevent that, to make it safer? Because if, if we women did everything we could do to prevent it, there would be no sex ever, 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 ever until marriage. And I don't think that's the world that men want to live in or expect to live in. But there wouldn't be. How? What other situation do I think? If I had a baby by you, it'd probably be okay. I know you really well. I know your whole family. I know your background really well. Marriage. That's it. There would be no bar scene. No one's fucking. Okay. If we, so you can't eliminate all risk. Okay, but we could also encourage men to not be predators. So, that's just a little background noise for me on why this whole situation is bothersome and the way it's talked about is bothersome. So, we'll get to the Gail King thing. So, Gail King had an interview with Lisa Leslie. So, just so everyone knows, Gail King is a journalist. She interviews people, she interviews all types of people. I would posit that a lot of us don't always pay attention to all of her interviews when they don't pertain to black people that we care about. Okay, so I don't think that. I'm not I'm sure that Kobe Bryant isn't the first celebrity she's asked difficult questions about. But let me re-let rena- me uh reread the question to This is what had people going crazy on the internet. So she did this interview with Lisa Leslie who was a good friend of Kobe Bryant and a clip of the interview came out. Um it was out of context, I guess. I mean the context is but it's not. Like the context is obviously talking about the totality of someone's life and legacy because they died and that is what happens when people die so I don't really think it was out of like an incredible context but it was the only clip that they released which I do think is insensitive but I do also at the same time think people should have the common sense to know that's probably not the only thing Gail asked because it's a clip of an interview anyway here's the clip literally I'm reading to you verbatim what she said now from my, I, I woke up and found out Gail was getting death threats for a question. I thought the question was really out of pocket or something. And then I li- then I watched it and I was like, um. so here's what she said. She said, It's been said that his legacy is complicated because of a sexual assault charge that was dismissed in 2003, 2004. It is complicated for you as a woman, as a WNBA player. Lisa Leslie said, It's not complicated for me at all. I just never see. Have ever seen him being the kind of person that would be do something to violate a woman or be aggressive in that way. Just that's just not the person I know. And then Gail followed up with, but Lisa, you wouldn't see it though. As his friend, you wouldn't see it. And Lisa Leslie agreed with her pretty much. She said something like, Yeah, I, I wouldn't, but like that's all I can say. And that's fine. All of that was a fine exchange and a fine answer because I have I have known some people to be accused by of things. And I've really thought, Ooh, I don't think they did it. I don't, that's not the person I know, but like I wasn't in the room, you know what I mean? So you, that's, that is what you say when it's your friend and you do have to go on blind faith when you believe that something didn't happen. And I, and I get that. I don't, I don't, you know, Lisa Leslie isn't the one going around calling the victim a cum dumpster. So I actually, I don't have a problem with that. If you actually know someone and your decision you made was, I don't think they're this type of person. I can go off what I know and what they told me. Sometimes you have to believe people. I get that. I'm I'm not like super mad at her for that answer. I think it's as appropriate answer as someone who is a friend could give. And she pretty much said, I know of other NBA players that acted really, you know, sleazy and would use me to get girls to come over to them or whatever. And I mean, I don't think it's sleazy to try to hook up with people just because you're a celebrity. But she basically said, I have seen other people, you know, try to get at women in a way that I haven't seen him. So, like, from what I know, I'm going to go off of what I saw. Gail pushed her like a good journalist would and like any good feminist and any common sense having woman would to be like, well, yeah, when you're someone's friend, they don't rape people in front of you. Unless I guess you're their friend that you, they do that way. And then Lisa had a response, and that's it. And so they both did their due due diligence, move on. The internet lost its mind. It lost its mind. And and it's like, so then what do you want, actually? Do you want for people to never discuss something like that again? So I've read a lot of different theories. I've read people say it's too soon. Why are you talking about it now? Do you really not know why we're talking about it now? Because he died. That is the reason we're talking about it. It It's the same reason we're talking about all the good things, too. It's because he died. He do- Kobe die- Bryant hasn't totally dominated a news cycle in my, like a long time. Like I said, you obviously here you come to me to listen to this podcast. You know, I do follow the news and pop culture and shit and shit that's trending. I don't follow sports. So Kobe Bryant has not dominated a whole news cycle since I probably, the rape case a whole new cycle I'm not saying he's won championships and stuff. So this is happening because he's died. That's why people do this referendum on people's life. That's why people start discussing these things. And people were talking about him like he was a saint and it was weird to me. I thought I felt like we were talking about someone else. I honestly just didn't know that you got to even if he was just a serial adulterer or whatever. Like I just didn't know that I don't know. I guess I just didn't know that being pop good at sports like made you a hero in all aspects, instead of just the area that you're talented in, you know. And so, uh, my mind is like racing about how we put fatherhood on a pet. You know, girl dad, and if some if a mom died, would she be girl mom? Like, it's just anyway. So, okay. So people are furious at Gail. She's getting death threats. Um, you know, Snoop Dogg gets online and call. I don't remember what he said to her. He called her all kinds of names, drags her. The next day, Oprah's on the Today Show. Someone asks her, "How's Gail doing?" And she starts tearing up and says, "Gail is not doing well. She has death threats against her. She has to have security now." And the kind of misogynistic vitriol that you throw at people it comes back and there are consequences and not that necessarily the people on the internet that said everything are going to do something, but now you've made this person like a target for all kinds of crazy people. And, um, yeah, we hear that. Gail came out and was furious. She said, I woke, she, she came out and spoke against CBS. She said, I woke up. I didn't know what was going on. And she saw that just that that clip of the interview had been released, and she was infuri she was infuriated. She's she she said I would have been upset too. Like really, honestly, it didn't seem that bad to me. The only thing that I don't like, honestly, is that we pose these questions questions to women and not men. I think all men should have to be asked if they have strong feelings about sexual assault and if they hang out with people that they know have perpetrated sexual assaults or whatever. I think that's a question for men, but it obviously makes sense to ask it to a woman. Sure, because we are the ones who are victimized, so it's like assume that we would care a little bit more. I get it, but you know the 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 network was being salacious. That is what networks do. I'm not sure what kind of agreement has Gail with Gail has with them. I'm not sure why she thought they wouldn't say that because that's. What's going to I mean, look at look at how it went viral, you know, was it going to go viral for her to to release a clip of her being like, so tell us about the charity that he crowned. No, it wasn't. And that's sad. And that says something about us. But it wasn't. And the network got what they wanted, even with having to release an apology, they got what they wanted. Um, honestly, everything about this has probably been helpful for ratings going up. Uh, especially morning shows. (laughs) So she's back at work today, and now Snoop Dogg has apologized. He's apologized. He said, I had to talk to my mama, and she told me two wrongs don't make a right, and I should have never come at you that way. It was disrespectful. There's a better way to express myself. I'm sorry. Da-da-da-da-da. All right, so... I don't know what to say. I just... It's just sad. I think it's a really sad situation because something happened. In my opinion, something did happen that was non-consensual because Kobe admitted as much. And the case was dismissed. People act like it was dismissed because they were like, there's not enough evidence. No, it was dismissed because the victim refused to testify because she was being harassed too much. And so there's a racial aspect of this case that I would be really remiss to not mention. And it is what's... It is and it isn't. What's the, The reason that I'm not really analyzing it fully through that lens is because Bill uh, Bill Cosby had black victims, no one cared, and R. Kelly's victims were all black and no one gave a fuck for 30 years. So I don't have reason to believe that when a victim is a black woman, anyone comes to her defense either. However, this was a white woman and historically black men have been lynched and murdered and brutalized. Br- brutalized and mutilated, y'all. Brutalated. They've been brutalized for false claims of rape and people still make up crimes and say it's a black person and draw composite pictures that look like Hamburglar or something and this is a thing that people do and I saw a very uh poignant speaker on the Daily Beast which has like a show now and I don't remember the black woman's name but she spoke very eloquently about how there are two sides to this and we are kind of jumping in the middle of a conversation and not giving black people like the benefit of the doubt with the backstory that they bring to this, which is that we're used to black men being accused of rapes they didn't commit. And it brings up these kinds of memories for us. And that is true. It is true. And so the fact that this is a white woman adds an added layer of complexity. Um, And it's, it's, it's really tough. However, as I've said, we do not rush to the defense of black women victims either. As you can look at R. Kelly's victims that have languished and suffered for like 30 years. Hundreds of women, he's teenagers he's paid off and families he's paid off, things like that. And black people today, the community is saying stuff like, well, their family sold them. R. Kelly even saying their family sold them. What the fuck does it mean if as a family you can't buy people, my nigga, how's that a defense for you? So I I think that it's really complicated, right? It is complicated. It's not not complicated, but here are a few things to think about. People usually assault people of the same race. That's a huge reason that a lot of these, oh, a black man raped me and the 60 things were false. Black people don't generally have death wishes, so they weren't going to go do some shit like that At at a time where you had to cross the sidewalk and you weren't even supposed to look white people in the eye. No. However... People usually, you know, crimes are committed in racially monolithic trends because people commit crimes against the people that they live near and that's in their community, and that's a human pattern. It's why black and black crime is a dumb thing to say. So I think the thing where it gets a little bit muddled is that with celebrities, you've transcended your own neighborhood or your own community. You're traveling all around the world. You're encountering all different types of people, all types of people are clamoring for your attention. And you're no longer just in a black world, a California world, a this world. You're you're a global, you're a global citizen, and you're in you're also gonna get, you know, if you're if you don't have someone to help you keep your head on your shoulders, you're gonna get an elevated sense of yourself and not remember that you're still seen as a black person and that the law is gonna be applied to you more harshly. So those are all things that are tough to grapple with. But when I hear that it's when I hear that it's a white woman, I actually didn't even really remember it was until I kept re reading about this this year. It's something that I take into account a little bit, but when you read that details of the case, something bad went down, you know? like and I and I went over it before in the other podcasts, uh, so I don't really want to go over it again. But when I hear a man say, When they hear two people's stories, mostly match up, except the woman says it was non-consensual, and then she has bruising in her genitalia that coincides with rape, which the sexual assault nurses who examined her said they did. The defense lawyers said that they didn't, but they're not medical professionals. They They were just, they're spitballing. That is their job, to throw things out there and to confuse you and to say, well, you know, she gets around, she has sex with a lot of people, so that scarring could have been from anyone. But no, it can't. No medical professional... Support Supported that it can be. There's a certain type of scarring that happens when you did not want to have sex, and you're not lubricated, and it is violent, and there's different types of wear and tear that can be pretty – it can be – you know, it's friction. It is friction, or friction, or – but, like, it just looks different. And so, you know, I heard what I needed to hear, and to hear, you know, that he, he denied at first. He denied they had sex at all at first, but, yes, he's married. You could say that's why. But then they both describe the same type of sex. And then he says, well, I have sex this way, like, with this other woman. Um, This is what he told the cops when they asked him, like, do you, which I don't even know why police would ask you that. Like, is there any, is there anyone else that you cheat with? It all seems to be creating some kind of world in which women are, like, replaceable. Like, you can switch them out, but you can't. So just because you have sex with one type of person this way does not mean this other woman wants this from you just because you're a celebrity and you're gorgeous and talented. So it sounded very sketchy to me. I think, you know, something bad happened. And to me, the evidence is compelling, but that could be because of my background and the things I've been through and the things that I have come to believe about human nature. And to other people, it is not. But what we cannot do is get on the internet and make death threats at another black woman. So we're going to sacrifice another black woman who's never been accused of sexual assaulting or sexually harassing anyone, or even committing adultery. And I'm not saying that I think people are gonna burn in hell for committing adultery. People cheat for all kinds of reasons. What I'm saying is, if we have two people, why do we why do we get to sacrifice Gail for him? Why are we gonna throw away a black woman in the garbage for another black man? Why is it always why is that always the math? If they're both flawed people, say she's a flawed person because she's an asshole. Say she's a rude, insensitive bitch and shouldn't have said that, even though it's really was kind of like standard journalism if she's bitchy and he is a cocky basketball player who cheated on his wife a lot might have assaulted someone became a reformed great dad who did a lot of good for the world she she gets to be sacrificed she gets to have death threats she, she gonna die for this that's the part that I don't understand but I do understand because no one gives a fuck about women. So it, and then it became a whole Oprah and Gale tirade, why they always gotta come for the black sexual assault people, you know, not the white ones. I will admit I haven't fully researched the the Weinstein stuff yet. I'm seeing um people say that she loved Weinstein. I don't if one of you guys send me whatever it is, because I didn't see that. All I know is for people that say that Harvey Weinstein doesn't get a lot of media coverage, people have won Pulitzer prizes. Ronan Farrow won a Pulitzer prize for writing a book about him. I know all about this man. He six Israeli black ops on his victims. The shit is some of the wildest, craziest stuff I've ever heard about in my entire life, and it's just monstrous behavior. I'm I'm saturated to the hilt with it. He has a hundred accusers. I don't know where you get your media that you're not that you just miss out on things like this. I I I don't necessarily have the fix for that because that sound, that's crazy to me. Um, however, it's out there. So going back to the whole, like, black-on-black black crime being dumb, people usually focus on things that are in a closer proximity to them. It's not weird to me that two black women – well, I won't even say two because that isn't – Gail. just being a reporter. She reports in the stories, whatever – but Oprah being part of the documentary she's been part of, that doesn't, that's not weird to me. It makes sense to me that she'd be more focused on sexual assault that, you know, was closer to home because that's where her abuse and sexual heart assault was at home. I, all of these things just make sense to me. Like honestly, it only doesn't make sense if you completely decenter women as people who have thoughts. Decenter black women as people that have thoughts, feelings, motivations, that they could ever do anything that's self-motivated. Because I've never seen a black man on TV crying about a black woman being raped and attacked. I'm not saying that they don't do it. I'm just saying I haven't seen it. So I see female newscasters on TV uh, crying about, you know, the woman who was describing the lynching violence and stuff was shaking. She was shaking. She was so upset. And I feel the same way. I have a little brother. I would literally kill you. I will kill you if you mess with him. Like, I would I would go ham. I would set buildings on fire. Like, protecting him is, I feel like I kind of know a little bit, tiny bit what it's like to have a child. And that having a child must be really scary because I just want to fight. I just want to fight. When someone tries to mess with my cousins, I want to fight. But at the same time, where is that energy from men. Where is that energy from black men to protect black women? And I, not that they don't exist. I was raised by a bunch of amazing protectors of black women. But I'm just saying, like, I want to see that energy be viral, the way I want to see hatred towards Gail King be viral. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see people online for R. Kelly talking about well, the girls, they just wanted money, they just wanted to pay off they just wanted this, they wanted that. You know what I mean? Why am I supposed to switch my energy? When it comes, because it's a white girl for this case, when you guys don't give a fuck about black victims either. That's the part I don't understand. So when everything follows a pattern that I can get behind, I can get behind it. But when it always seems to leave black women of some kind be they journalists, be they victims, be they reporters, be they billionaires at the bottom of the totem pole, being dragged through the mud and called names i i have an issue with that and so i think that's where i i will leave it today um i don't know what else about this will come back but you know i hope that my words were some impactful i mean i am someone who talks about race a lot on this podcast almost everything is racist black people certainly are treated more harshly in the legal system and yet I do feel that it sh- it should be feel somewhat weird coming out of your mouth to say that why do you always have to focus on the black rapist, which I have heard people say? If she doesn't, who should? Who will? And why are you defending a rapist when there are just lots of people who aren't rapists who are good guys who could be our role models that maybe aren't as flashy and exciting, but... So there's a whole intersection of celebrity worship in here that just is a problem as well. And, you know, the the last part is just that, it's not really the last part, but I want to say again, I get so scared of people thinking they know what type of person someone is by watching them on TV. It's so scary to me. We have mothers who... You know, daughters come and tell them that their the moms' boyfriends are abusing them, and the moms don't believe them. So it happens in a fucking home. You don't believe your own child. I know we all know someone who that's happened to, and and it ha- and then you know we can extrapolate that to a larger you know on TV. We don't. It's like when are we gonna believe women when they just tell us shit that happens with evidence behind it? And so my point is that we got to stop pretending that people who do bad things look bad hunch over, walk with a limp, you know, have a cape, you know, have a, like, hat, low-brim hat before their eyes and cackle a lot. They don't. It's all types of people. It's clergymen. It's priests. It's politicians. It's Boy Scout leaders. People, there are bad people, and there are people who do bad things, and they're everywhere, and you can't tell by looking at their face. So I just hope that we learn to be a little more, Accepting of the idea that we don't know celebrities, you know? And so do I have blinders in some ways? Sure. But there's ways that I don't have blinders, which is I know that everyone can be evil. Anyone. It's an untested quantity. And we just got to stop rallying behind people because we like them and we li- they're talented and we like watching them perform or something like that. You know? I will be devastated if some bad shit comes out of Beyonce devastated. But I'm but I you know, because I'm trying to think of someone that I like like as much as you know. But I if if it seems to be true, then I will find a way to move on with my life. I'm not gonna defend her to the hilt just because she's really talented. Okay. I brought Beyonce into this discussion. Maybe that was not maybe that was gratuitous. All right. That's that for that. And to leave you guys with some positive media footage, Dwayne Wade, another basketball player, you know, hyper masculine dude, hyper masculine profession, married to Grab Your Union. They have uh, introduced us to the coming out, I guess, of their daughter. Uh, their daughter's, what's her name? Zaya? Zaya? Yes, Zaya. Um, So Dwayne Wade originally had a son. The son came out as trans, is now living as daughter Zaya. They are totally supportive, embracing, and loving of this. And it was very touching to see them just say the ease at which, you know, your child tells you this is who they are. You accept them. They're the same person. They're beautiful person, and what's really changed? Very moving. Uh, I think momentous occasion. I can't think. Well, no, Magic Johnson has a son who's gay. I don't believe the son is trans. Um, they're very supportive of too. But for the trans movement, this is extra like significant, and um, you know, of course, there's some internet well, I don't want to tell my child about that soon and kids are going to be confused. I'm like, I don't understand. Like, everyone has a sexuality, so you're only going to tell your kid about one of the sexualities that's, that might be end up being the one that they have so that they can just be confused if they're not. You think this is a better solution. And then some guys like, well, I'm as straight as they come, but I just don't like seeing this gay agenda. I don't like you know watching two men kiss I prefer I don't want to see that you're then you're not as straight as they come I'm sorry you're just not like not to be a troll but to be a troll I am a troll but you're not repulsed and intrigued by things unless you're like sort of attracted to it I watch people I feel neutral like when I watch things that I'm not interested in I watch the L Word with my sister and friends and I was just talking about how, like, you remember the boss on Ugly Betty? He was, like, a boyfriend of someone on the original L and he was super cute. And I was just, like, looking at his abs, and they were like, really, this is what you're focused on? I'm like, yes, because I'm straight. So that is what drew my attention. I just can't help it. I didn't become a lesbian from sitting down and watching the O for hours. So I don't understand why other people feel that they're – Sexuality is so delicate that it's going to be, like, swayed unless you know that it is swaying because you are not all the way straight. Please, everyone, get over yourselves and stop trying to tell parents not to. Someone wrote, like, someone I, like, who shared this was like, this is a great example of what love is. A black man shared this. This is a great example of loving your family. And another black person wrote, I guess we have different definitions of love, yes bitch yes we do we have your definition of love doesn't include accepting your children your definition of love includes like rejecting them so they run to a shelter become part of the statistic in which over 50% of trans kids attempt suicide start working sex trafficking because they've been dropped in the middle of New York City like if that's your version of love then please don't love me stay far away anyway I'm waiting to see... Let's see what other high-profile, ignorant comments we can find. I'm sure there's going to be more blowback, but so far it's the start of an important discussion and a very moving one. Midnight. Okay, everyone, that's it. Happy Thursday. Happy weekend. Come to the show. Jump with Astoria Performing Arts Center. Not at Astoria Performing Arts Center, but at 2821 Steinway. Tickets are $20. And a discount for this weekend Just this weekend Not the last weekend You can see the shows With a discount Code APALS, APALS That's it See you next time Cake and Kombucha Is produced and hosted By actress, writer, and singer Kelechi Azea It features music By the talented Melanie J.B. Charles If you like what you hear Check out Melanie J B